can we dial up the outrage meter any higher? Why this local political ad is now at the center of a national conversation. Plus, it feels great. Just days after Kansas City finds out the World Cup is coming to town, the city now pressing to connect the streetcar to the stadiums in time for the games, but can it really be done? Kansas moving forward with a contentious fix to the worst teacher shortage in history. And as the president calls for a gas tax holiday, why gas taxes are actually going up next week where we live. Week in Review is made possible through the generous support of AARP Kansas City. RSM, Dave and Jamie Cummings, Bob and Marlise Gorley, the Courtney S. Turner Charitable Trust, John H. Mize and Bank of America N.A., co-trustees, and by viewers like you. Thank you. Hello and welcome, I'm Nick Haynes, and it's good to have you with us on our weekly journey through Kansas City's most impactful, confusing, and befuddling local news stories. Back in the studio with us this week from 41 News, anchor and reporter Dia Wall, from KCMO Talk Radio, Pete Mundo, from KNBC9 Chief Political Analyst Michael Mahoney, and from the pages of your Kansas City star, Dave Helling. Hunting rhinos was one of the top news stories of the week, and it had nothing to do with the huge exotic at the Kansas City Zoo. It's a new ad from former Missouri Governor Eric Greitens. In his latest 30-second campaign commercial, Greitens, who's now running for the United States Senate in Missouri, is seen storming a house with soldiers in search of what he calls Republicans in name only. I'm Eric Greitens, Navy SEAL, and today we're going rhino hunting. The rhino feeds on corruption and is marked by the stripes of cowardice. Join the MAGA crew, get a rhino hunting permit. There's no bagging limit, no tagging limit, and it doesn't expire until we save our country. This is the campaign video that's become part of a national political conversation this week. While there's lots of outrage, isn't this the kind of over-the-top ad that propelled Greitens into the governor's mansion in the first place, Michael Mahoney, when he was seen in campaign commercials with an assault weapon blowing things up? Yeah, and it's uh, actually the third of three videos that Greitens has done along with this. The uh, machine gun back in 2016, then he was in a rapid-fire uh, shooting contest with Donald Trump Jr. not too recently ago, and then this one. And this speaks to uh, Eric Greitens uh, being, and his, and his campaign team being really good at, be, at being provocative. And they've got over 3 million views. I saw this uh, last Monday morning about 8 o'clock in the morning. I went... This is going national uh, uh, right away. The question is, is, uh, is it going to help, help or hurt him with Republican primary voters? It doesn't matter if Democrats don't like it. It doesn't matter if national Republicans don't like it or they do like it. It is how is it going to play with a Republican primary voter in Missouri? And the polls suggest he's in the lead, but the polls also suggest 27 percent uh, of folks that say they're going to vote in this primary are still undecided, and others are indicating they're persuadable. So it's a big gamble out there. It's provocative, and we'll see where it goes. It's also already had some other political ramifications. Well, Pete, he was on your program this week, mm -hmm. and he says, in fact, this is humorous. We shouldn't be taking this uh, too seriously. But hasn't he got the reaction he wanted that everybody's now talking about him? Absolutely. I mean, this, this was the plan. This was the goal. I think it exceeded 
the campaign's expectations. And let's not forget, too, if he's in a, in a primary with one other Republican, an Eric Schmidt, a Vicki Hartzler, a Billy Long, he doesn't run this ad. He needs 25 to 27 percent to win this thing. It's not even about a large portion of the undecideds. He got millions of dollars in earned media this week. You can debate good, bad, doesn't matter. From getting 25 to 27 percent of the Republican electorate to get out and vote for him, he accomplished his goals. And that was the that was the end result. That's what he got out of it. I was intrigued by one of the comments in the Kansas City Star from a reader of the Star this week. Dear, he said, "Imagine if Eric Reitens was a high school student threatening his peers with a rifle, would he have been hauled off in handcuffs?" And that's the issue, right? It doesn't. This isn't a debate, right? This isn't a cute conversation. This is somebody, literally, a, a prominent political candidate who thinks it's appropriate to joke about hunting down somebody you politically disagree with, with an assault weapon, when we're burying children in this country from this kind of behavior. And so I think, I, I don't want to, like, litigate somebody's morality, but what's the responsible thing to do? And I think when we try to act like this is strictly a political conversation that does not have consequence, that's where we miss, right? And so for me, I think it's wholly inappropriate. Is it politically effective? Maybe his campaign thinks so. But as a mother of two young kids... As I mean, I echoed the concerns of a lot of parents. You see, we immediately go to young people. There may be young men in this community looking at this ad who politically agree with Eric Greitens, who say, okay, this is appropriate for me to do. This is the way it's done. Dave. Well, I, I think the political implications of, of the ad are more important for the general election, Nick, than they would be in the primary. We'll see how it works out in the primary. It's very close. I think the Trump endorsement remains the most important thing in that race. If it's Greitens, I think Greitens will win. If it's someone else, then it becomes a Greitens versus whoever the, versus whoever the Trump uh, endorsee is. And so we have a long way to go before the primary. But the general election is the issue here. Uh, if Greitens isn't the nominee, who cares? If he is the nominee, he'll have to explain to suburban women across Missouri why a person credibly accused by his ex-spouse of violence against her and her children, who resigned in disgrace after alleged violence against a woman not his wife, uh, whose own record in the Navy SEALs is subject to some dispute. He isn't a Navy SEAL, by the way, which is what he yep. says in the ad. That will all become fodder for the general election. And if John Wood gets into the race... Well, let's, talk the about, let's, let's talk about that. Let's, oh. let's not jump the gun, because that, that's an important point. Because this week we learned that former Missouri Senator Jack Danforth is now trying to push some big names into launching an independent campaign for the Senate seat. His main target is this man, the lead investigative counsel for the January 6th Select Committee. His name is John Wood, as Dave Helling points out. He's from Missouri and served as chief of staff in the Department of Homeland Security during the George W. Bush administration, is the fact that uh, Danforth now wants to see an independent candidate join this race evidence, Michael Mahoney, that leading Republicans now believe Eric Greitens has this primary in the bag? This is uh, what I was referring to to the other political implications on this. The, the wood bubble here started before the Greitens ad hit, okay? But uh, it got uh, a lot more oxygen, a lot more air because of the Greitens ad. Now, Jack Danforth, who you know, some people call the father of the re modern Republican Party, with some fairness, I, I, I think, uh, recruited Josh Hawley 
in uh, uh, to defeat uh, Claire McCaskill. Uh, he's sort of repudiated uh, Hawley since then because of the January 6th element like this. But uh, Danforth has a political pact. There's five million bucks in it that he is willing to put on, on this. There's a consultant by the name of Steve Krim that's got a website up for, uh, for Wood, and uh, we'll have to see. And this is going to happen really quick. It's either if, if Wood is going to get in here, this is going to happen between now and August the 2nd, because that's when he has to collect the signatures to get on the ballot. He needs to get about 10,000 of them. That's not a, lot of, uh, not, not a lot of names, especially if he's got money. But if Wood is getting in as a third-party Republican centrist, as an independent, it's going to happen real quick, and it's a long shot. The key is, is does a Republican independent take votes away from the Republican nominee? Okay. The biggest thing, though, right now, that campaign ad, People are running it. People are talking about it. Name recognition really matters. Eric Greitens, from the minute he announced that he was running, all the, the folks who have their pulse on politics have said, this is somebody you got to watch and somebody who has a real shot to win this thing in the primary. Yeah, you have other quality candidates, but he has the name recognition, and people really like him. I think an important note about that ad, too, the Missouri GOP, to my knowledge, has yet to come out and say that it was inappropriate. John Wood doesn't have much name recognition and is not very well known in the state of Missouri, uh, Pete Mundo. And the fact that he is part of that January 6th select committee as the chief investigator on that, is not going to make it tough for him to siphon off any Trump voters uh, against Eric Greitens if he wins? Uh, yes, it will. But uh, he doesn't need to get a whole lot of diehard Trumpers. He needs kind of that, that more moderate vote. But the pathway, really, if John Wood gets in with Greitens, and I think that that will obviously depend how much goes into a John Wood campaign, uh, will basically open up the door to a Democrat winning. I mean, just do the breakdown. If Democrats come out for their candidate, whoever it is, Lucas Kuhn, Bush Valentine, they get 40 percent of Missouri, and then you've got 60 percent left, you could easily see 40, 32, 28, and then you've got, you know, a Democratic U.S. senator out of the state of Missouri. We might have a scenario like we had in Kansas several years ago where the Democratic Senate nominee literally got out of the race in favor of Greg Orman, the independent who was running against Pat Roberts, as you recall, and uh, Orman lost that race. Roberts uh, won comfortably with 10% of the vote. Whether that same dynamic would exist with Greitens as the nominee is an open question. That's why the gun thing, Nick, which is what I was trying to say, is so important because it does chase away the potential of landing votes from suburban voters, particularly suburban women, who watch the coverage of Uvalde and say, look, my school and my kids are at risk. Do we want a senator who glorifies the use of weapons in this environment, given his record? I think that's an open Okay, question. we're going to keep tracking this before real, Election Day, Michael. Real, real, okay, real quickly, quick. quickly, quickly, quickly. There is inside of the Missouri Republican Party an ABG element. How big it is, we don't know yet. Anybody but Greitens. That's what that Wood candidacy would be about. Lots of other topics uh, in the headlines this week. A delegation of sports and civic leaders in Kansas City are in New York this week to meet with FIFA officials. They want to get more details on what hosting the World Cup in 2026 will mean for Kansas City. In a surprising announcement, city manager Brian Platt says in addition to making changes to Arrowhead Stadium ahead of the global tournament, the city is now working on taking the streetcar out to the stadiums by the time the games begin in June 2026. We are very seriously exploring running the streetcar out to the stadiums for this. This is one of the big things that FIFA uh, requires is transit access to stadiums. 
Now, is this really possible? I was digging through my notes and found that the vote on the streetcar extension down to the plaza in UMKC took place in 2017. It is not set to open until 2025. That's an eight-year planning process. Dear Wall, why does Kansas City think it can pull off a route that is twice as long and in half the time? Okay, there's a couple things at play here. One, just because they say it doesn't make it so. Number two, it takes more time when you want somebody else to pay for it, right? If you need federal subsidies, if you need state funding, if you need to bring in all these money sources, right? The thing about the, the host committee for hosting matches in the World Cup, they are essentially going to go out, knock on the doors of all the people who have pockets much deeper than all of us. They're going to raise the funds. So I think part of it could be some of that money, right, could be dedicated to improving transit systems. Some of that money, as he talked about or as you talked about, will go toward improving the stadiums. Is it likely? I have no idea. I mean, the infrastructure, the amount of road you got to jack up and do all that stuff, it takes a lot, but I'm going to tell you, it's like planning a wedding. Yeah. You want quality? You want time or do you want to save the money? You can't do all three. So if you're going to put forward the money and you want to do it fast, they may be able to do it. Dia says it's unlikely. It seems to me to be almost an impossible task. I agree. It's unlikely. Absolutely. Although the the city knows that they almost they snuck in on this bid. Uh, I mean, they they were they were the upset in it. And the biggest challenge for Kansas City in its applications and now to host these games is going to be transit. And you can talk to almost anybody who comes into Kansas City from anywhere for anything, and they'll talk about the difficulty of getting from the airport to downtown or wherever they they need to be. They're going to have to address transit. Putting a streetcar line out there is going to be an extremely expensive and aggressive time frame in this. And what they may have to do is shift their priorities and maybe not do other alternative lines that they were thinking about in order to concentrate on getting something to the sports complex. And the line they have been considering is going from the University of Kansas Hospital on the Kansas side right. down 39th Street all the way to the stadiums, which is twice the route of the plaza route that is currently under expansion right now, Dave Helling. But so you've got a lot more bureaucratic red tape here. You've got another state involved. And you've got engineering you have to worry about and right away acquisition. It's a, an extraordinary mess to try and contemplate building a line uh, out to the stadiums and it, probably a billion dollars minimum to get it done without federal help. It just won't be. But keep this in mind too, Nick. Would you build a streetcar to the stadiums if you weren't sure the Chiefs and Royals would be there after you open it up? That's still an open question. And the idea that you would build out to the Truman Sports Complex without ironclad guarantees that the regular teams are going to stay there seems far-fetched in the extreme. I just don't think it'll happen. Now, speaking of the World Cup, uh, Pete, a story in the Star about how you can get tickets for the big tournament caught my eye. It claimed the price for a seat inside Arrowhead Stadium to see these international soccer matches is, quote, expected to be in the $300 range. Wow. So this is not something most of us are going to have the privilege to witness in person. Let me just first say this. Best point I've heard Dave make on this show right there. Oh, that, come that, on. That's right there. It won't get better than that, all right? Oh, and I'm saying that was the best point he's ever made about the cars, go, the street cars going out there. It is a waste of time, a waste of money, a waste of resources. Anyway, to your point, no, I mean, none of this is. Look at what we're talking about. The average person in Kansas City trying to get a better bus route from point A to point B to make 15 bucks an hour isn't going to the game, isn't getting on the streetcar to go to a Chiefs game out there. They don't care about any of this. They want a route that gets a bus to them more than once every 30, 60 minutes. That's what they care about. This is, is about 
about making people in town, bureaucrats, big money folks, politicians feel good. Uh, they got some rah-rah out of it. Maybe there's some economic money coming through it, but, oh, Europe's going to see Kansas City on the world stage, and then they're all going to move here? Spare me, please. I, so P, lots of, yeah, go P, on. P, come on, brother. Let's, nope, let's rewind. Nope. We, we can all, I think, agree, expanding the streetcar and pushing it out there is going to be really expensive, really tough, probably not worth it, right? The chance that the Chiefs are going to leave the Truman Sports Complex, the Palace Lamar Hunt built, get out of here. The Royals, I would say, are probably as good as gone. We'll get into that another day. But as far as the tickets, maybe I could get there if the Chiefs weren't sold out every game. And so my point is, you got four years to save But up. the Chiefs are all $300 at top. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, but at the same time, this is a once-in-every-four-year event. You have four years to play in. You can't go to the Super Bowl for $300. So, cart. Horse, let's just roll it back. Let's roll it back. Nobody should be surprised that a ticket to a World Cup game is, go is, is going to be 300 bucks, And then nobody should be surprised that there are going to be a very small amount of tickets local uh, open for, uh, for the locals. Every big event like this, the Super Bowl, the World Series, NBA Finals, all of that stuff, you look around those arenas, if you have the opportunity to be them, it's all people with an inside track from corporations or the leagues that are getting the good seats. If they're true fans, they're up on the nosebleed section in a lot of cases unless they're season ticket holders and they're laying down serious bucks for that to be, uh, begin with. Should be no surprise that there are not going to be many of us that get to see this stuff in person. And the, then the key is we don't even know what games are going to be. It well, could be. Th that was my last point. The teams, you don't know, and I'm not going to start ripping on certain countries. Someone's going to spin it the wrong way. But what countries you get matters here, okay? Yes. So if you get countries that are not desirable countries, that don't yes. have big fan bases, this is... I, know, I was going to be offended if you were going to mention Wales as part of that. Thank you. Dear, very quickly. But I also will just finally add the assertion that it's only going to be these huge corporations that are going to make this money. No, T-shirt vendors, food vendors, entrepreneurs, a lot of people from this community stand to benefit from that number of people coming here. And these events do matter. If you don't think that landing an NFL draft that's coming here in early... 2023 plays a role in Kansas City being able to even be in the conversation to host matches for the World Cup, you're losing it. Okay, it I brings want, conferences and everything else. I love this conversation. I want to move on. We have a couple of other things I want to chat about. They're calling it the most severe teacher shortage in Kansas history. So if you've ever wanted to be a teacher, there may never be a better time to go for it. Kansas is now so desperate to find people to work in the classroom. This week, they've dropped every requirement. In fact, all you now need is a high school diploma. So Dave Helling, no teacher training certificate, no college degree. If you just get out of high school or 18, can pass a criminal background check, Kansas, now once you in the classroom? Yeah, and this has been tried in other states, by the way, because other states are facing the same problem that Kansas and Missouri, for that matter, are. It's difficult to find people who want to teach, primarily because the wages are so low. It's very, very hard to make a real living as a teacher, particularly in elementary uh, classrooms, and so there is an effort to recruit more people to the job. It's tough. It's pressure-filled. In an era of COVID, it can be dangerous. Some members of the legislature think you should pack weaponry when you go into the classroom. Talk They're not it. happy about it. So it's difficult to find people who are doing this job, and that's why Kansas but, but has resorted to this. Haven't thing. all professions right now been relaxing their rules? We've had uh, medical school students, for instance, have been able to treat patients without being supervised by real MDs because of COVID. We've had truck drivers, you, they're trying to lower the age to 18, and now you don't even need the uh, law school admissions test to become an attorney. We want to relax those rules. Should uh, teachers be immune from that? The most important job we have is to teach 
educate, inspire, and uplift the next generation, our children, right? Wage has been low for a long time. We need to look at COVID. We need to look at throngs and mobs of irrational parents yelling that teachers are trying to indoctrinate their kids. I mean, the environment for educators right now is extremely awful, right? So most people don't go into education because they want to pack heat and be the last line of defense to stop somebody coming in with a semi-automatic assault rifle. And so I think that we have to be very honest about what we're asking our educators to do and who they're at the mercy of. I think that makes a huge difference. So yeah, I mean, I will say the state of Missouri, they have a blue star, a blue ribbon commission right now that's looking into ways to address this. Most teachers are gonna quit by, five, by year five in the state of Missouri. Enrollment in education programs at, at universities in the state of Missouri is down 30%. What did y'all think was gonna happen? We've talked before about this. The information that, that parents say they want, it's already online on the portals. And I may, I'm pleased you mentioned Missouri because they're looking at potentially doing the same thing because this dealing with the same issue, Michael. Yeah, and this, uh, this idea of lowering the bar to a high school degree uh, uh, for to be a teacher anywhere is exceedingly bad and short-sighted because yep. uh, uh, teaching is, is a lot more than, Johnny, what is two plus two e equal? They are, the emo they are emotional guidance uh, folks for many kids, not just the little ones, but junior high, high school kid, uh, kids as well. There is a special sort of person that, that excels at teaching. I don't think uh, a lot of people could do it. Uh, they have no idea of what is involved. And to lower the bar for the qualifications to uh, teach our next generation is just a dumb idea that turns, that attracts dumb people and you end up with dumb kids. Well, the other thing, too, that I will add, we can't forget about our kids who are differently abled, right? Kids who have special needs. That requires a certain level of education, maturity, time. I'm sorry. I, I feel so strongly about this. Well, I would just also add, um, look at the salaries of uh, bureaucrats in these districts. Look how many six-figure uh, earners you have in the school districts from the superintendents in our area making 250 to 350 grand to bureaucrats, assistant, assistant, assistant principals. I, I, we all agree, teachers have got to make more money in both our states. The system has not been set up to allow teachers to make more money. It is instead, um, the best people have gone into the bureauc bureaucratic side of public education and it's hurt the kids. I want to move on to another topic here. This week, President Biden calls on Congress to enact a federal gas tax holiday. But newsflash, get ready for the tax on gas to go next week where we live, uh, to go up next week where we live. As part of a law signed by Governor Mike Parson last year, the Missouri gas tax will increase next week by two and a half cents a gallon. I thought Missouri lawmakers, Michael, were going to put a, the kibosh on that. What happened? Well, it got passed, obviously. And uh, the chief author of that is one of the folks that is running for the Missouri Senate nomination in the Republican party and it's Dave Schatz and I talked with Schatz last week about this and he absolutely defends it. He says look uh, Missouri uh, is dead, near dead last in uh, road uh, spending. Uh, they ha uh, the state has the seventh largest road system and they don't have enough money. The roads are in poor shape and we need to do something and he said that it's a tough decision but I stand by it which is which is brave I don't know if it's going to get him any, any votes, but um, it's, it is ironic. When shots and the, and the legislature did this and passed this, the gasoline price situation was radically different than it is today. President Biden also this week calling on states to also relax, reduce, eliminate its sales tax, at least temporarily, on, on the gas tax 
in Kansas and Missouri. Uh, any evidence that Governor Laura Kelly or Mike Parson are going to move forward? No, I mean, it, not. it's well, an first election of all, year for Laura Kelly. Yeah, but Why the not? legislatures aren't in session, so anything that she, so she couldn't want do it to by do, herself. Certainly not by the summer, mm -hmm. and she couldn't do that unilaterally in either state. And remember, Mike Parson endorsed the uh, gas tax increase in Missouri, so he's on the side of the of the tax that's going up, which actually passed as we know in 2021. Then the effort was made this year to repeal it. By the way, Nick, we should point out Missouri has a bizarre system yeah. in which you can claim a rebate for your gas oh, tax Lord. increase if you just save receipts, file the paperwork. And that actually starts next week, yes, where you can actually week. start that, get a rebate check starting next week. Yeah. Have you been collecting your receipts, dear? You know I got two toddlers. I don't have that kind of time. But what I will say, for people who are upset about this gas tax in the state of Missouri, uh, he hit the nail on the head, Mike did. It's been very, very low for a long time. People at the time when it was passed felt like it was a necessary step. So I, I know it's like two and a half cents and every cent matters. But sometimes you just got to look at the whole picture. Cents. I just want to get Pete's last remarks on this. Well, uh, between the federal gas tax holiday potentially happening, Congress still has to pass it, and, you know, if Missouri were to do it, you're looking at 20 cents a gallon. Do the math. You're talking about 10 bucks a month. Uh, not a huge savings, unfortunately. But for some people, it might be. Ten bucks a month? Nick, nah, come on. All righty. I'll, I'll give you ways to save more than ten bucks a month, okay. I guess. All right? Thank I, I you. got the policy for you. We'll do that another show. When up. you put a program like this together every week, you can't get to every big story grabbing the headlines. What was the big local story we missed? Local health officials on heightened alert after the first monkeypox case confirmed in Kansas City. Still, medical experts say the disease remains rare and the risk of spread low. The first COVID doses arrive in Kansas City for kids under five. Blistering heat is hard on all of us, but it just killed more than 2,000 cows in Kansas. Our new women's professional soccer team cutting the ribbon on an $18 million training facility in Riverside. The Casey Current's new Riverfront Stadium scheduled to open in 2024. Just days after its superintendent resigns, the Kansas City School District making its case for closing 12 schools. In Kansas, Governor Kelly vetoed a parent's Bill of Rights law, now local school boards enacting their own. A four-day work week for many of us as Kansas City marks Juneteenth and closing the book on a career. Last day for Steve Potter after 34 years at the Mid-Continent Public Library, more than a decade as director. His departure comes amid fears branches may be forced to shut down after the library board fails to pass a budget. Did you pick one of those stories or something completely different? Juneteenth, all day. Educate yourself about black history. It's more than Rosa Parks or Martin Luther King Jr. Pete. Uh, 2,000 cattle, tying to that, the heat that we've been dealing with here. Uh, you think inflation's bad now? Wait till the electric bill comes in next month. <laughs> Michael. COVID for, kid, uh, for kids. Parents have been waiting for it. And Dave Helling. Four appointed members to the Kansas City Police Board. Two are serving in, on an expired terms, both appointed by Eric Greitens. All righty, that was fast and that was good. And on that, we will say our week has been reviewed. Thanks to Dear Wall from 41 News and Michael Mahoney from Channel 9. Six to ten weekdays on KCMO Talk Radio, Pete Mundo. And from the pages of your Kansas City star, Dave Helling. And I'm Nick Haynes from all of us here at Kansas City PBS. Be well, keep calm, and carry on.